surprised we don't see like three team trades in football more. Um, because that would one, empower the players, but no, but I, I feel like it would help the teams, it better. would help the teams, but it would empower the players and make trades easier. So when a player demanded a trade, two other teams could, could help them instead of just one. You know what? Here's why you're brilliant, Charles. Here's exactly why you're brilliant. Here's I'm, I'm gonna tell you why you're brilliant, and I'll tell you brilliant. I don't call you brilliant a lot because a lot of times you're flat out wrong, especially when it comes to your Giants. But that what you just said was brilliant. Cause I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you missed us. We surely missed you. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, but it's good because today is the, tra- the trading deadline in the NBA. This is the day to dream, right? This is when the superstar player gets traded. This is where fortunes are turned and legacies are made. This is when all the drama, all the juicy gossip happens. What trades were made, what trades weren't made, what could have been, all of it went down today. Today, And, and it's usually what happens in the trade deadline. Today was no different, even though I wouldn't say any superstar players were moved today. No offense to the guys that were moved. Uh, there were some former superstars, I guess, that were moved. Uh, but- it went from a dud of a trade deadline to shit started popping off real quick. And just to be honest, this is the first trade deadline in over 10 years that I've wanted the Nets to do nothing. And I don't say that lightly. There was moves that, you know, you were kind of dreaming about that other Nets fans were kind of dreaming about, but overall we're good. I'm not really worried. I, I didn't want us to do anything at all. I'm very happy. Matter of fact, today was perfect. As a Nets fan, uh, d- damn near perfect, I would say. But we'll get into all that. Go ahead. Oh, this is the first move I wanted to bring up just because I think it's the most interesting. And, you know, not for any particular reason, just the way my fandom goes, I guess. The Rockets move Victor Oladipo to Miami. Yes. And this is interesting, obviously, because here on the Dope blog, me and you have discussed the James Harden trade more than a couple times. Absolutely. And so we traded... What did the Rockets get for James Harden? This is off of SI.com. The three best players in that blockbuster trade were Jared Allen, who ended up with Cleveland, Karis LeVert, and Victor Oladipo. Obviously, the three best players besides James Harden. The Rockets initially got LeVert in the deal, but then opted to send him to Indiana for Oladipo. Then, at this trade deadline, they move Oladipo. And what do they move him for? Do you know? The name I remember is Avery Bradley. That's the only one I remember. Yeah, I just and I just the point lost. Is they got they got the dope blog. That's what they got. <laughs> My bad. I moved it, and you know how that happens on, on websites. Houston traded Oladipo to Miami for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a pick swap. That's it. That's all it took for to get for Victor Oladipo. What is Houston doing? Because they pretty much traded. James Harden for a picks, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and another pick swap. Yeah, and they're getting killed by everybody because actually, what people, some people don't realize, they were supposed to get Levert and Allen. They wanted neither one of them, and I guess at the time, I get it. 
they didn't want to remember remember who the owner is he didn't want to rebuild his thing was well, let's retool i don't want to uh, we were so close to a championship i don't want to rebuild you know and obviously you train drained hard and you're you're, you're rebuilding because you're never going to get back you know what you're giving up in james harden but he didn't want to rebuild he wanted to retool he wanted to be able to compete I guess they believe that getting a guy like Oladipo, because remember they still had John Wall, they still had DeMarcus Cousins at the time. Um, they, I guess they believe that getting a guy like Oladipo was better for them, even if it was just for the short term, than building for the future, because they had all those picks for the future. And I guess their their thing was, look, we still want to try to compete now, and then you know the picks will help will happen later. Uh, but they look foolish today. I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it. They're, they look foolish today, especially just last night. Karis LeVert hit a game winner, had 28 points. I shouted him out on Instagram. You know you know how big of a Karis LeVert fan I am. And we're, both, we're both Karis LeVert fans. Yeah, but I about to say, and you are, and most Nets fans are. They're, the Pacers have a lot of new fans. I hate the Pacers. I will never hate Karis LeVert. Right. So, you know – and so it doesn't look good for them when Oladipo didn't want to be there because, again, he's not trying to be on a rebuilding roster. That's why he wanted out of Indiana. Um, so why they, you know, it, it, can, it comes down to they truly believe that they can still compete. Oh, that's, that's a good point, though. I think maybe Oladipo is the one that wanted out. They know he was going to walk in free agency, so they got something for him. It could be as simple as that. Oh, no, no, that's that's exactly what it was. Oladipo was trying to get traded out of Indiana, uh, the, the Rockets are the ones that pulled the trigger. But once Oladipo got to the Rockets, he realized this roster is not much better than the one I just left. So immediately he was telling them that he wanted to get traded. The Oladipo trade is not, is not a surprise. Everybody knew they were going to have to trade Oladipo. Um, so they've been getting – but the problem was they thought the, the, what the surprise was was how little they got for Oladipo. But that's because Oladipo unfortunately – He's one of those in-between players. He's a really good player, but he's not the type of player that might put you over the top. Especially if that's where Pat Riley comes in, because Pat Riley went all Pat Riley, acquired Oladipo, and then signed LaMarcus Aldridge after the Spurs bought him out. So now the Miami Heat have acquired LaMarcus Aldridge and Victor Oladipo, and they were already a sneaky good team. Well, right, but what else? But they were a a sneaky good team. People forget how talented that, that roster under Eric Spolstra is. Right, but what I was getting at is Oladipo, the, he's one of those players where the price tag is almost superstar level and he's quasi all-star level. So he's he was a, he that so that was the problem. That was the problem with, with Indiana as well. They couldn't find a suitable trade partner because nobody was willing to give up that much to get Oladipo. Uh and I think the Rockets also found out that that was the case and they just had to take whatever they can get. And what they did was, and I, I believe a lot of the contracts they got back are, in, are expiring contracts, which is why the deal worked for both teams. Um, so even though they didn't get much back, they'll have some cap space to play with this summer, as will the Heat, by the way. Oh, um, ra- random, before we keep talking about these trades, right? This is on the same page, but this is something that I think everybody listening will find interesting, and you will find interesting. Oklahoma City now has projected 34 draft picks over the next seven years, 17 in the first, 17 in the second. Yep. And that's that, insane. That's insane, but that's how you build your team. That's how you build your team. And the Rockets uh, are going to get, you know, they're going to get some picks in the future and they'll probably have to restart, but 
They didn't want to do that. And I and trust me, I get it. They felt that they were so close for a couple of those years. I know that game seven where they missed what were they over they like they finished over 20 and three pointers in game seven at home against the Warriors. I know that just haunts them still to this day. Um, so I get it. It's hard to pull the plug on something when you know it's time when you know it's over. You know what I mean? So uh I get it, but but now they but they set their team back with that mindset. They could have had Jared Allen and Karis LeVert on that team and still would have had John Wall, still would have had, well, maybe Boogie Cousins. You know what I mean? They, they probably would have had a better team. Ironically, they would have had a better team now than what they have in the future. But that's but that's how it goes. Um, so they definitely lost the trading deadline more than anything. <laughs> that that's a loser. And and I you know, if we're, we're, you know, usually people say that the winners and losers of the trading deadline, the Rockets are clearly the number one loser because you give up a guy like James Harden. Oh, and by the way, it was reported they could have had Ben Simmons. They didn't. They didn't pull the trade off to Philly, um, so they could have at least had Ben Simmons or somebody. And as well as James Harden's playing, if you're a Sixers fan, you're probably sitting there saying, "Dang, why didn't we make that trade? If nothing else, to keep him out, you know, off of Brooklyn." So, you know, the Rockets uh, are losers. I, I, I think – I hate to say I think Philly is a loser. Even though they got George Hill and he's a good player for them, they needed somebody a little bit better, a Kyle Lowry or somebody more a little bit more dynamic. And Kyle Lowry goes nowhere, which surprises most people. Um, and, but good for him. You know, he's loved in Toronto, so it's not the worst. The rumors as far as, like, how this day started, right – Around 10.30, there was rumors that Aaron Gordon was going to Boston. The first big deal today, at least in my opinion, I don't, I don't think this is a hot take, though, is the Bulls were the first benefactors of the Orlando Magic's fire sale, and they acquired Nikola Vucevic and Al Varouk Aminu for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. Vucevic is no longer on the Magic. He is a Nets killer. I respect him because I've been watching him ball out against my team his whole career. And I think that's a really good trade for the Chicago Bulls. I think it was a great trade for Chicago. That Chicago, look, the trading deadline, you know, basketball more than any other sport, it is about trades and free agency. And when you're a, a middle of the road team like the Bulls are, that you know, they're not bad enough to be a bottom five team anymore, but they're also not good enough to crack the top five in the East. you got to make moves like this. you got to go all in like this. And I think, and a lot of people, some people don't like it because it hurts their cap situation, but realistically, I don't think anybody was going to come to the bulls anyway, in free agency. So who cares? Do, exactly. do this. Like you said, Vucevic is a Nets killer. Um, it's funny, you know, you, me and my dad were talking about it today and he was like kind of surprised that did this fire sale. I said, dad, you're looking at it like they get, got rid of four MVP players. No, they're just four MVPs when they play the Nets. For whatever reason, the Magic just get up for the Nets. I don't know what it is, but they've balled out every time they well, play Well, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, that front quarter is the reason the Magic were even fighting for an eighth seed in this right. So good for them that they get to go at least seemingly compete. Like how Aaron Gordon fits on the Nuggets is here to be seen, but at least from the outside looking in, the Vucevic on the Bulls, he's he's in a good spot. They should be a better team. I don't know how good they're going to be considering the top of the East, but at least they can get into the conversation for being competitive again. Well, also remember, 
you know, which is why it's another smart idea. You know, one through three are kind of rock solid. Four through ten are like all a log jam, basically. So for the Bulls to do this move, and for the Heat also, like you said, to do this move, that was very smart of them to try to separate themselves from those other teams that didn't make moves or made smaller moves that you know might not impact their team as much. Um, you know that because when you're you know especially if you're talking about trying to avoid a Brooklyn team in the first round, trying to avoid the Sixers in the first round. Uh, just trying to make the playoffs because now you've got that seven through 10 play in tournament thing. Uh, so for the Bulls and the Heat, you know, don't be surprised if that's now the four or five in the East just because they're, they made the moves that are going to separate themselves from everybody else. So I, I thought it was a brilliant move by the Bulls to get Vucevic. Um, I thought it was a brilliant move uh, by the Heat to get Oladipo for what they, because again, they didn't really, they didn't give up anything. And the way they structured it, they're still going to have cap space so to play with in the, in the offseason. So I, I thought it was a brilliant move on both of those teams' part. They're, they're, those are two winners for sure. And the Orlando uh, fire sale continued with Evan Fournier, who isn't a game changer by any means, but the Celtics acquired Evan Fournier. All those draft picks and all the Celtics got to show for it as two players. I love it. And moving on, because they got their Gordon Hayward replacement, I guess whatever don't care screw the Celtics um Clippers <laughs> the Clippers got Rondo and the and the Blazers back I'm, I'm going in in order of the day just so you know what I'm, I'm saying Clippers got uh got Rondo the Blazers dropped out of the Aaron Gordon race which I wonder how Dame Dollar feels about that but they and, got Norman Powell which I know you'll talk about later but and, but but Orlando really got rid of everybody and I can't blame them. It's about time they blew it up. So they didn't wait too long. They got good value. They traded Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. That's a solid trade. I don't think they got robbed with that. You wanted a pick. You wanted some decent players in return, and that's what you got. Me and you were talking about the Nets in this trade because Aaron Gordon has been rumored to get traded to Brooklyn for so long that we did a pod that might not even be up anymore last year or the year before about what if, you know, Blake Griffin gets bought out and comes on the Nets, or can we trade for Aaron Gordon, yada, yada, yada. And here we are two years later. They're both now on different teams. Uh, Blake Griffin did get bought out. He didn't go out the trade deadline. Aaron Gordon is now in Denver. How does that work with Michael Porter Jr.? Because he's been playing decent at the four. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of stifles any growth for him. Or maybe they're going to play plan because they're not going to get rid of Jokic. The Jokers stay in at center. They're not going to play small ball predominantly. So I wonder what the their main goal is. Maybe they just feel like, hey, Michael Porter Jr. may be better off the bench. He might be a six-man of the year candidate. Maybe they want to move him to three. I can't really see that. But I, I, I love – First of all, I love that Aaron Gordon went west. That's why I wanted. If he wasn't going to come to Brooklyn, go west because he's another Brooklyn killer. I didn't want him to go to Philly or Boston or somebody like that. Um, him going to the Nuggets, I think that's huge. I really do. I, I think the Nuggets are the big winners for today. Uh, also getting JaVale McGee, only because you look at the Lakers with their health and uh, uh, problems, and you look at the Clippers who the Nuggets beat last year already, um, the Nuggets and Joker is having an MVP season, but he's not getting the recognition he deserves, mostly because they're not a legit candidate in the West. And 
you know, him and Dame Dollar, like a lot of fans are mad that that people aren't really giving them MVP credit. Usually MVP goes to the guy that's going to that we believe is going to deliver a championship to their team. And no offense to the Nuggets or Portland, we don't think any of those two teams are going getting out of the West. So the Nuggets being proactive and getting a guy like Aaron Gordon, who I think is going to work really well next to Joker, especially with Joker's passing ability and stuff like that. You take advantage of a of a hurt Lakers team. You take advantage of a Utah team that we're still kind of like concerned about are they legit or not. You take advantage of a of a Clippers team that's still kind of up and down. And who knows? You never know now. That that might be the dynamic that you need to get to the finals. And I'm not saying Aaron Gordon is, you know, this superstar player that is a game changer, but Sometimes in the playoffs, it's about timing and luck. And like I said, if you have a Lakers team that's not fully healthy, maybe you can catch them. Maybe and this is from Sports Illustrated. Gordon, 25, is averaging 14.6 points, 6.6 rebounds, and 4.2 assists per game for the Magic this season while shooting a career-best 37.5% from three-point. Harris is on an expiring contract. Hampton was selected with the 24th pick in the 2020 draft. And that's a good trade for the, for the Nuggets. And that and that's a decent return for the Magic. So I don't I don't know what else to really say about this trade because this is definitely just like the Bulls. You got to go out there and ball now. You did what you made. They pretty much seem, seemingly made the moves they were dreaming of when this day started. Right. Because those are those are game changers. They're lucky the, the the Magic were willing to trade them because we could be saying the same thing in a different timeline. We're saying the same thing about the Magic acquiring that guard or that three that just picks them up a little bit better. And now that front court goes from the eighth seed to like what you said, the fifth seed, because the East is kind of that log jam. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, I, I love that move for the nuggets. I, I think that could be really well. Like I said, don't, don't I'm, now I'm not surprised. Like I said, I'm not saying Gordon Hayward. I mean, Aaron Gordon's this, this, you know, game changer, but again, sometimes moves like that in a year like this, you know, that's how you, that's how you boost momentum. Like I said, you know, so that, that's good. I, I think, uh, and like I said, JaVel McGee too, if nothing else, he stops him from going back to the Lakers, stops him from going to the Nets. Um, you know, so sometimes it's addition by subtraction as well. And I am surprised that Kyle Lowry, even though the Raptors were asking a lot for him and Lonzo Ball weren't moved more so Lonzo Ball, because he is talented. He isn't, the hype train that his dad made him out to be. But at the same time, at this point, he's a little bit underrated because he obviously has value. He's kind of like that Ricky Rubio player from a couple years ago. Yeah. He's good enough to be a starting point guard, but if he's your backup point guard, you're probably a contender. So I, I really don't know what else to say with those two. Cause I actually expected when we were going to do our trade deadline, it was going to be all about those two guards. And here we are, talking about the big men in the front court getting moved around. Well, look, from uh, I, I'm not surprised only for this reason. I think with Kyle Lowry, I think that, that's a dynamic relationship between the two parties. I think that they might believe that they could do a signing trade in the summer. So maybe they're like, you know, if we don't like what we have, what we're hearing now, there's no point in getting rid of him. Um, in the summertime, he'll, you know, we'll probably get a signing trade and at least get something back in return for his services. Um, and that way, Toronto fans, even though they're in Tampa, could at least enjoy him one last time. Um, for Lonzo, 
Uh, you know, it's it's the teams that wanted them. I don't think just had the assets available to get them. You know, the Lakers really don't have anything to offer. The Clippers didn't really have anything to offer. They, they you know, they gave up. They had to give up Lou Will just to get Rondo, uh, just to try to you know get some of that playoff Rondo magic. Um, so you know what I mean? Like the teams that really wanted him didn't really have much that they could offer to get Lonzo. He's a young player that works well with this team. The only reason why the Pelicans were even thinking about trading him is because they're afraid they might not be able to re-sign him in the offseason. Um, but now that the dust has settled and things have gone certain ways, maybe maybe they go back to the drawing board and how to sign him back. So I'm not that I'm not that uh surprised they didn't get moved Kyle Lowry just seemed weird to me because it was one of those like you know that one guy that gets so many rumors it's almost to the point like he's not getting traded that that for me that was Kyle Lowry every day he was getting traded somewhere and I'm just like eh I feel like as we record on this trade deadline day uh looks like Andre Drummond's about to get bought out from the Cavaliers yeah rumor has it at least at this time of recording by the time you hear this you, you might already know but Knicks have some money to spend. And I believe if the Knicks were to acquire Andre Drummond, that would be a great fit because Thibs and the way that team is gritty, grimy, and hungry, I think that's a perfect fit for Andre Drummond. Uh, what about you? No, I think he should go to the Brooklyn Nets. That's what I think. <laughs> if he wants, I mean, if he wants to get paid to go to the Knicks, the Knicks are in trouble well not not in trouble but the Knicks are in the spotlight again for banning a fan just for just for having a band Dolan shirt on um so once again James Dolan is proving like I said I don't care how good they're doing as long as he's the owner you can't take them seriously as a contender or a team that will ever get it together because James Dolan is going to James Dolan um so if I'm if I'm Andre Drummond, I'm coming to Brooklyn or LA. And and honestly, the only reason why I even think about going to the LA teams is if I believe I'll get more playing time there. That's the only way I'm choosing one of those teams over Brooklyn. The the New York Post reported the Knicks weren't giving up on keen significant assets for Lonzo Ball. So that's why they didn't trade for Lonzo Ball. And they feel that they could sign him in the summer. I guess the something similar to Victor Oladipo before he was moved to Miami. And it's just I wonder if they're going to throw some money at him because they will have 14 million in cap space. They will. And 16 million in the summer or 60 million in the summer. I'm sorry. Excuse me. But 14 million in cap space right now. And if they really want to add Andre Drummond, I mean, what's throwing 14 million for the rest of the season at him? I mean, and I wouldn't blame Dre for signing that. Like, go for it. That you could still be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, Miami makes more sense that they're a legit contender with money. Um, they have a better chance than the Knicks. I, I to me personally, I think if I'm, if, and this is just me, if I'm Andre Drummond, let me hurry up and get a ring real quick. I'll still make some money in the summertime. Somebody, no, I, I feel you on that. I, I just think, and you know, I'm not doing the Knicks hype train. I really think that Thibs being there and the team that they've been this season, Drummond's just a good fit. So. It's not so much, oh, yeah, we need to talk about the Knicks. I really think the Knicks would be a good fit for him. I don't know about Miami, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, literally, I don't know how they're going to fit, you know, around with the current pieces they have. Well, well, he'll be a backup in Miami. Um, I mean, fit-wise, yeah, I I guess it works in New York. But, again, 
you're only going to New York if you're choosing money over winning. That that team is still – I understand they're, they're like a game or, so, or two above 500. I get it, Knicks fans. You're excited. And I'm not even trying to be a Knicks hater. But they're still a little bit away from being a legit team. And my thing is when you've played on Detroit your whole career, then you've, been, then you've played in the Cavaliers for the last year and a half, I just I just don't see how you look take this opportunity when this is by the way the first time he's a free agent in his career. I don't I don't understand how you don't take the opportunity to go to a legit contender and play cuz you've gotten your money. It's not like he hasn't been paid before. He he's made well over 100 million dollars, you know, in his career so far. And like I said, if he oh, goes was he, was he a, like re-signed during the crazy spike in the cap? Right, yes. Yes, he yes, exactly. He was in that 2012 group, the Bradley Beal, the Anthony Davis, who even on their first rookie extension, the money was crazy. So my, my thing is go win yourself a ring real quick. You're not a scrub. If you play well on a championship team and win a ring, you'll still get paid this summer. You know, I, I, I don't think if the I guess my point is if a team like the Knicks is willing to pay you $15 million right now, I don't see them not being willing to pay you fifteen million dollars in the summertime. That's that. That's just me. Especially if you win a ring and you could all and they could always say, "Oh, well, we have a championship pedigree veteran in in the locker room." Like, Matt, that just boosts your value up even more. If I'm Andre Drummond, I sign with either the LA teams or Brooklyn. To me, it'll be Brooklyn um, because that's your best chance of winning a ring. And and then I then I collect my money in the in the, in the off season. You know, getting your money now. And, and and like I said, you know, no no judgment. If that's what he wants to do, if his if his thing is like, look, a, a championship isn't guaranteed anywhere. Make let's make me let me make as much money as I can while I can. I can't. I'm not gonna hate him for that. But uh, you know, I'm just saying, if I were Andre Drummond, I would go for the ring real quick and then get my money in the off season. All right. So I got in front of me from NBC sports, the biggest NBA trade deadline deal since 2000 before I just mentioned a couple of these, cause it's kind of crazy looking back on some of these. Is there anything from today that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, nah, we, we've talked about most of the, the big things. Um, we talked about Boston. We talked about, Oh, I do want to talk about the magic a little bit, you know, just from their perspective of things. Um, uh, you know, because a lot of people are like, yo, why would, you know, for people that don't understand, like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? They have all these really good pieces. The problem is, yeah, they had a lot of good talent, but for whatever reason, whether it was fit, whether it was too many chefs in the kitchen, because they had way too many forwards, not enough guards, whatever it was, or whatever, even if it's just the pieces just weren't good enough, they were stuck in the mud. And like I said, that's what the trade deadline is for. Some teams decide to make trades to get better. Some teams make trades to try to rebuild. And I think the Magic just looked at their situation. And I think what really happened is once Aaron Gordon officially requested a trade, I think they looked at it as like, well, shoot, if we're going to trade Aaron Gordon, we might as well pull the plug on the whole thing. Because he's our best, you know, he's arguably our best player. Maybe some people say Vucevic, some people say Aaron Gordon, but he's no, no worse than our second best player. If, if we trade for him, you know, it's not like we're going to make a trade that's going to make us better. So we might as well pull the plug now, try to get back into the lottery and go forward, trying, you know, just trying to rebuild this roster. And, but part of that is they haven't drafted well. They've had top 10 picks. They've had top five picks. Mo Bamba was a top five pick. I think was the fifth pick in the draft. They need 
probably some top three picks, some so you know some picks where they can't even get it wrong, um, and that's what they're going to try to do. All right, yeah. and I and I agree, dude. I I would argue Vucevic is the, is the best player they had, and that's why I think the Bulls trade really started off the day and kicked off a couple of key moves. But we touched them: Vucevic, Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, and now Drummond getting bought out. And to put in context, because there's a couple trade deadlines that are stinkers. Like there, there's been days where nothing really happened. You had a couple people move, a couple co- dead contracts get moved, then they're waived, yada yada yada. This was a good one. This actually gave some teams hope. I, I think if you're a Bulls fan or a Heat fan, you got a lot to be cheery for. If you're a yeah. Celtics fan, obviously you're a little pissy right now because what are you doing, Danny Ainge? But well, you know back I- in the the what? problem with Danny Ainge is if, if he can't flat out fleece somebody, he doesn't make good trade. He doesn't make good moves. So, good, good. Yeah. Back in two thousand one, uh, real quick, I want to do let me let you guess real quick. What do you think the big trade, according to this, what looks to be a Boston blog from NBC Sports, the big trade was in two thousand one at the deadline. Two thousand one. Michael Red to somebody? No, to Kembe Matumbo. To the Nets or to the Sixers? To the Sixers. He yeah. was 34. He was still a star. And they were trying to make those moves for AI. 2002. And it worked. And, and to be fair, it worked. Yeah, I guess. Not really. But what are you going to do, Shaq? I mean, they got know. to the finals. Yeah, they got to the finals. And the Kembe was a, a, a big part of that. Oh, yeah, I guess in the short term, it was a good trade. Definitely worked. It got AI to his only finals, but the Kobe and Shaq weren't being stopped. Mostly Shaq. That was a Shaq finals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 02, yeah. the Bulls sent our test to the Pacers. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to just dive. I'm not going to deep dive into these. I just want to let everybody know the different quality of trades each year. Ron Artest going to the Pacers. I'm sure there's some listeners that didn't even know uh, Ron Artest was on the Bulls. And if you don't know Ron Artest, then it's Meta World Peace for the younger ones. <laughs> That's, and now it's crazy looking back on it because all you see when you see Ron Artest in a Pacers jersey is the mouse at the palace. That's all you anyone sees when they look back at NBA history. Yeah. 2003 is a game changer. Two Whoa. all-stars, two Hall of Famers got traded for each other that year. You want to take a guess on the trade? Oh, three. Oh, three. Oh, three. Oh, three. Wow. Now I can't even think of that because I was thinking of Jason Kidd, but he was here already by then. It was Ray Allen for Gary Payton. Oh, that's when he went to Seattle. Oh, that's tough. Allen, Kevin Ollie, Ronald Murray, and a conditional first-round pick to Seattle for Payton and Desmond Mason. Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Seattle Supersonics, for the people out there that might not get it. What yeah, a, a, what an NBA history-altering trade. Uh, yep. <laughs> Ray Allen as a Sonic. People don't really even consider him that. They're either a, He's either a Buck, a Celtic, or a Heat in most people's imagination. He played well for the Sonics, though. He, he played well his whole career. Yeah, <laughs> poor Gary Payton though. I mean, he, Ray Allen's one of those weird people. We think of him as just a shooter, but Duke a ball man. Oh no, back then he was way more than a shooter. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. So 
Bradley Beal was compared to Ray Allen, and a lot of people, you know, coming out of college, it's like, oh, oh, he's just he's this generation's Ray Allen, and a lot of people are like surprised that he's like an all-around scorer and not just a shooter. But that's but it's funny. I'm like, yeah, but that's what Ray Allen was. He was an all-around scorer. He wasn't just a shooter. He just was also a good three-point shooter. If um, you're if you're under thirty and listening to this, you may not remember that coming out of college, Allen Iverson and Ray Allen was a rivalry. And Ray Allen on the Bucks, yes, sir, is a different monster. Be happy that Ray Allen calmed down when he was a a Celtic. Because if he played on the Celtics like he was on the Bucks, that's one of my favorite. I think that's the series that like really made me like love basketball. That 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 Celtics. I mean that Sixers Bucks uh, Eastern Conference Finals. That was a great series. And that was a rivalry from college, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that was all time. UConn and Georgetown. R.I.P. to the Big East. I know it's still a thing, but it's not the same. I ain't worried about it. Go Rockers. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace to the Pistons was 04. That's that was a big trade. Yeah, that was, was a big trade. They have that. Yeah, that won us a freaking championship. Yeah, that was that won the title. I was like, I was gonna like, go ahead. Yeah, it was a big. But matter of fact, matter of fact, I actually I wanna I wanna I did wanna bring this up. It's not basketball related at all. Okay. But but I wanted to say this. Speaking of trade, because of the trading deadline, we there was a three team trade today. It was between the Knicks, somebody, and somebody. It, was, it wasn't even like that big of a deal. Oh, Terrence Ferguson ended up as a Nick. Yeah, I think it was the Okies. I think it was how George Hill got to the Sixers. Yeah. Um, and I always wonder, why don't we see more of that in football? You would think it would happen more in football because there's more picks that could be thrown around. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier, especially with teams trying to figure out salary cap issues. I'm surprised we don't see, like, three-team trades in football more. Because um, that would one- empower the players. But no, but I, I feel like it would help the teams. Better. It would help the teams, but it would empower the players and make trades easier. So when a player demanded a trade, two other teams could could help them instead of just one. You know what? Here's why you're brilliant, Charles. Here's exactly why you're brilliant. Here's, I'm, I'm going to tell you why you're brilliant. And I don't tell you brilliant. I don't call you brilliant a lot because a lot of times you're flat out wrong, especially when it comes to your Giants. But that what you just said was brilliant because the example I thought of when I first thought of this was why don't the Falcons, the Texans, and the uh, Seahawks just make a three-team trade? You know, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there. Russell Wilson doesn't want to be there. The C- Seattle's not going to trade Russell Wilson unless they get a great player in return. So why don't Seattle send Russell Wilson to Atlanta? Atlanta sends the number four pick and Matt Ryan to Houston, and Houston sends Deshaun Watson to Seattle. And then we can also play around with later round picks. Maybe Seattle also throws a third round pick to Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta sends a third round pick to Houston, you know, other, you know, later round picks, because that would make trading easier. Um, a team like Seattle can't really trade because they don't have a first round pick or, and even if they did, it would be a later round pick. So trading for superstars is kind of harder for them, but if they had a third team to get involved, it would make it a lot easier. So that I, I thought about that today when I saw some of the three team trades that went down and I've always wondered that, why don't we see that in the NFL? Like I, I feel like it would make trading so much easier because like I said, there, there's so many more assets to, to throw around in these three teams trades to make things work. So, I mean, yeah, I, know, I, know I know I'm brilliant. Thank you so much. 
Anyway. Just for just for that comment, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about anything else. But yeah, and, I, and again, I know it's not basketball really, but we're talking trades and trading deadlines. So I just thought I'd bring it up now. Like, why not? No, no, you brought it up actually at the perfect year because in 2005, the Celtics reacquired Antoine Walker. Too bad Kenya Martin wasn't still enough to bust his ass regularly. But we're going <laughs> to move on because in 2008, this is where it jumps, right? I don't know what happened in, in 06, 07 that this blog didn't care about, but in 2008, the Lakers got Pau Gasol. Ugh, the biggest fleas of all time. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like I, I know people are going to say, but we got Mark Gasol. Like, yeah, at the time, that was a terrible trade. Yeah, and nobody thought Mark Gasol was going to, you know, turn out to be the superstar that he was for the Grizzlies. At the time, that trade was garbage. And I will still stand by that because it was once again, it's why I hate the Lakers. It's why I hate that they have so many connections. They have so many friends that you look at their history. They just get guys for nothing. And it just pisses me off. A lot of people hate the Yankees because they always get superstars. I'm like, yeah, but the Yankees just overpay for superstars. Like you can't get mad at that. They got a big bank with no salary cap. They could just pay for whoever they want. I hate the Lakers because they literally get, Hall of Famers for bags of chips. And Memphis is lucky that Marcus all grew up to be the star that he was for that franchise. Hall of Famer, yeah. He's Otherwise, his number should be retired in Memphis. Yeah, absolutely. I think and I think it will be. Um but and do you know what happened a decade ago now? And this is where I'm gonna stop. These are the last two things I want to talk about because it's 2011 and that's got D will. That wasn't that that did happen. Yeah, I wasn't going to talk about that, ironically. But I wasn't going to talk about that. I was actually thinking of the bigger thing, the big fish we missed out on. Oh, oh, mellow to the Knicks. Mellow to the Knicks happened ten. Which is why, which is why we got Darren Williams. Yes, I'm not going to. I'm still happy about that trade, only because. The net at the time, the Nets had this bad case of we're putting all our eggs in one basket, and if it doesn't work, we're not going to do anything. They wanted Melo. They were willing to sell basically the entire franchise to get him. He didn't want to come here. He wanted to go to New York. Ha <laughs> ha! Jokes on you, Melo. Um, and when they didn't get him, the very next day they traded for Darren Williams, who at the time was the best point guard in the league. So even though it didn't pan out. I was very, very proud that the Nets didn't just do that. Because remember, the summer before, we had all our eggs in that LeBron basket, and we ended up with Travis Outlaw. Yep. And there's one other move that I think that you would should appreciate. The Clippers in 2011 attached a pick to dump Baron Davis in, in his contract in Cleveland. Yep. Do you know who that pick turned into? It turned to one Mr. Kyrie Andrew Irving. People don't know that. People, people think that the Cavaliers got that number one pick because they were the worst team in the league. They did because the draft lottery is rigged. But back then, they were at least creative in how they rigged it. It was the Clippers pick that was the number one pick. The The Cavaliers actually got screwed. Even though they had the worst record in the league, they got jumped three times and had the fourth pick in the, in the draft. Luckily, one of the teams that jumped them was the Clippers, which gave them that pick. So, you know... Thank you, Clippers, because, uh, you know, no matter what happened, you know, as bad as Cleveland was, it, it, le- it all led to this. So thank you, Clippers, for attaching an unprotected first-round pick for Baron, <laughs> to Baron Davis. Um, 
And uh, you know, the rest is history. The rest. And one more thing before we sign off, because I've been doing uh, updates every Nets propaganda about defense, defensive efficiency. I remember a couple of months ago, uh, we were supposed to be worried about the Celtics, and currently, at least at the time of the trade deadline, they're like twenty fourth in defensive efficiency. So I guess we don't have to worry about them at all in the playoffs. Oh yeah, they're trying. They're, they're done. They're done. Mm-hmm. Feel so good. So bad. Too bad. So sad. I'm telling you, that thirty for thirty is going to be amazing. I can't wait. The, the, the Nets got to – I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because the Nets still have to get the job done and win a championship. But if the Nets win a championship, that is going to have to be one of the greatest 30 for 30s of all time because it all led from that Paul Pierce trade and the Nets got destroyed for it. And it's so crazy how the events that took place – I mean, literally, the, these teams are not where they are right now without that trade. Oh, no, it's crazy. And I'm sure me and you – are going to revisit that trade in long form at some point because so, we, Charles, I, 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 I'll tell you this. You, you always beg me to write something. I will have no problem writing that when we went, if, and if any, and any of the dope block supporters will believe it when they are reading it, because it's been a year since you've written something, Mr. I'm a writer. You're officially an executive producer more than you're a writer. Hey, listen, I like that title too. That's fine. I know you like that title. It's just a more accurate title for whatever it is you do, Tommy. That's that's fine. That is fine. I'll, you I'll ain't be, got no job, Tommy. I'll be EPB. You know what I'm saying? Yo, be, I really, I really want to know how many people don't understand that reference. Every time I've told, I've said you ain't got no job to you, and then say Tommy, they're probably like, "What is he even talking about?" Yeah, his name's Brett. It's not. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> insulting. A lot of people are out of work right now. Is, is that it, his middle name? Confused. <laughs> Tell so, them where they can find you, bro. You can find me at Never for Tommy Me Knows. It's never for. We got no job, Tommy. (laughs) Never for Brett Me, N E V A underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M E. Dad, man, you coming through the window eating my sandwich? Sorry. (laughs) On both Instagram and Twitter. I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. We are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the. Dope blog on Twitter, all one word, www.thedope.blog. And yeah, man. Andre, come home, brother. Come to Brooklyn. 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 Jason Tatum, if you want to escape Boston, come to Brooklyn. We'll we'll welcome you, dog. We love you. We We got to start printing up Brooklyn, like, that's NWO shirts, because that's what it's starting to feel like. Peace. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average.